Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sander Lanch podcast. Today, we read Warbreaker chapters 8 through 12, wherein, you know, Siri uh, gets, explores her new space and in the end ends up kind of bored and uh, annoyed to the point that she calls out the God King on some of his shit, which was a moment. And then um, Vivenna shows up in town and it turns out she kind of had a plan. But it goes south very quickly, and we meet some interesting new allies, question mark, for her. And then, uh, of course, Light Song continues to uh, be in a crisis of faith about his the religion in which he is a god. So nothing terribly new on, on his end. But I'm Data, and with me today is... Amy. And Dak. Yep, no Joe this time. He's doing the second weekend of his play. He should be back next time, but... Uh, I went last time. That's why we didn't have an episode. It was awesome and hilarious. But here we go. Hang on to something, everybody. The Sander Lanch is about to begin. To emerge and to breathe anew For a purpose so far from my own And this world I've awoken to Seems familiar but somehow unknown And the branches of gold on the skyline Reach out to the sweep of the stars The beginnings and endings of lifetimes A guidance of light from afar So yeah, we're rolling right into the story here. We, uh, we're back with Vivenna a little bit this time when she was absent last time. And uh, Siri and Light Song keeping on. What did you guys think of these five chapters? I thought they were good. I'm still pretty like happy of the the pacing of the story i think there's like enough happening oh we're still very much in like setup mode but there's enough happening to keep you kind of interested i'm super pleased that we got vivenna back again because i was i was really hoping that after she'd made that decision to go and help siri that we'd see her fairly soon again so her plan's already underway and and i love that even though she's been raised to be like this certain way she's then been quite devious in what she's done and she's set up her contingencies like I will go and basically turn myself in at the court of the gods if you tell anyone I'm here like I just I think she's really clever and I'm I'm really pleased that we're about to see more of her interaction and now the challenges that are going to face her because she's obviously in a pretty big predicament by the end of our chapters today. Siri I still like her. I'm pleased that she stood up for herself. And when she did, I was like, oh, I don't think that's going to be as bad as what everyone tells you. But I'm hoping that it won't be. We don't really know yet, I guess. I sort of had this thought that the God King sitting there is actually just some guy sitting there because the God King couldn't be bothered to show up or whatever. He'll come when he turns up. <laughs> and now she stood up to this guy and this guy's going, um, okay. Uh, what will I tell the boss? <laughs> So, I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me if it's not actually the God King that's been in there the whole time. I like Light Song and diving into a bit more of his theology and then, you know, what you're supposed to do when you come back. Like, it sounds like they've got this glamorous life. They can have whatever they want and, and all that sort of stuff, but it doesn't really sound like happy circumstances for them to come back and to keep going and then, you know, to be presented with these petitions every day or every week or however frequently they're coming that that's hard and they're like yeah you know you can't get headaches or anything but you you still have emotions like that's that's a really rough way to live but 
it gives more fuel to you know his dreams and what's happening and I am excited that we'll be on his little journey of discovery with him there's no there's no section so far of what's going on like between Light Song and Siri and Vivenna there's nothing in here that I'm like oh I can't stand this storyline yet I think they're all getting more interesting each time which is making me quite happy I'm actually really liking this book yeah we kind of have we've kind of got the three focus points again like we did in Elantris but uh, hopefully hopefully they'll, they'll remain three interesting ones yeah there's nothing worse than when you're just like oh this this one guy keeps showing up oh I don't want to hear about what's going on in his head I also hope we don't like limit ourselves to the three like yes three mains but I hope we get other bits and pieces right around like I really want a, a viewpoint of um, the king in Idris going, what the is going on here? <laughs> Where my daughter gone? Yep. Um, also to get uh, Bluefingers, I, I'd love to see what's going on inside his head. He seems to have been going through yeah. some fairly complicated stuff at the moment. Yeah, he seems like maybe he wants to try to help Siri. Yeah, something's obviously happening or about to happen that he knows of. I'm I'm sure that he's aware of exactly what's going on in that room, but mm. yeah, something's not going to go well at some point. Oh, I guess I wasn't counting. We also we know that Vasher has been uh, a character that we've been in his view oh, a couple times, so that's four. That's four. Yes, he just wasn't there today, so he's immediately out of my mind. Right, exactly. Like forgot all about <laughs> him. Oh well, I mean, we haven't recorded that's for me. two weeks, so that doesn't help either. But <laughs> yeah, we, we had time off. Uh, he's, not, yeah, it's, he's not boring definitely not boring with his nope. demon sword that he carries around but <laughs> he is probably my least favorite of the three at the moment probably because i don't understand him yeah mm. but i like we said about light song and his petitions because that that would be rough would it wouldn't it it's just like oh gosh i we only see like one and i'm already like oh geez that is horrible yeah yeah, that's that's awful to have to. Yeah, it, it's not petitions for help. It's petitions of weighing up is a god's life worth more than that baby's life. That's yeah, that hurts. Yeah, and now now we understand a little bit about like I, I almost spoiled it last time when he had the thing about when somebody dies, like rich people would like bid on the body if they think it might turn into a return and see if they like hit the jackpot. Because a returned can, you know, give up their life to heal somebody. So that could be worth a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, these chapters were, were fun. I like Siri. I like everything that she's doing. I like when she finally snaps and just like, I don't care anymore. Fucking do something, you dick. <clears throat> and yeah, I, I agree with Jamie. I think it's like, oh, yeah, that's that's like as soon as I read that, I'm like, it's not going to be as bad as everyone's saying. There's going to be something else at work here. So we will see how all that plays out. If it was as bad as everyone was saying, then like we're, we'd be like 15% of the way through the book and Siri would be getting executed. So that would be unexpected, at least. It'd definitely be unexpected. But no, like really like enjoying that storyline. I like Vivenna. Like she is, she is a bit out of her depth, but not as much as some other protagonists in this situation. She's like, all right, I know the spies. I'm going to talk to them. And it's not her fault that shit goes wrong there. So <laughs> she actually, her plan was actually pretty sound. So that was all fun to see. Light Song... He's he's all right, but I am just sort of like, all right, everyone else in this book is making progress. Vivenna's like made contact with the spies, even if that's gone wrong, and she's gained power. Siri is standing up to the God King. Vasher and Lightsong have a body count of a Tarantino movie already. <laughs> uh, Vasher and Nightblood, you mean? Vasher yeah. and Nightblood, yeah. Uh, Lightsong, all right, now's your turn, mate. Get moving. 
whatever it is you're going to do. Yeah, I don't know. It's like his chapters just feel like it, 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 it all is interesting, but I feel like we've tr- like he's trodden the same ground a few times now. So, all right, let's let's start to see some forward momentum on that. Mm. Um, what else did I have? Oh, the t- the two spy assassin dudes. I'm just like, okay, why 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 have we got like a uh, Bert and Ernie here? <laughs> it's it's it, it, it's just like, all right, you 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 two seem like you've stepped out of a completely different book into this one. <laughs> Not that that's a bad thing. It's like, actually, no, no, here's a better comparison. They're the two guys from the Road to El Dorado. Oh no! Yeah, the kind of yeah. That's yeah. That's that's these two. I'm like, all right, you guys are fun. I like you. <laughs> They're definitely very overtly comedic, which is not something we run into all that much in these books so far. No, no. Uh, but yeah, I I kind of agree with you. Light song. You're like, okay, we get it. You're you're a god who's having issues with your own religion. Yeah, and like, there's nothing wrong with that. It is still an interesting story. But I guess just compared to everyone else who has made so much headway already. Like he seems, he seems kind of stuck where he is. I think though, like at least we're not just getting chapter after chapter of him being like, "Oh, woe is me, God life's hard," blah 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 blah. True. He's, yeah. At least, uh, at least we're still we're still learning things about how it, how God life works, and his struggles are like specific struggles. They're not they're not super trivial things, but I imagine it would be very mm. difficult for a guy who's died doesn't know how or why he died except that it was brave knows nothing about his life before and then to go oh yeah i've been returned to do something he doesn't even know what he's returned and now he's having this conversation with scoot that's like this is why you come back this is why we ask you all these things you've got something to resolve oh okay he's got no idea what he's doing and i think that's really interesting like he, he needs to understand what he wants to do before he can make some progress. And I kind of feel like he's not far off moving. You know, he started to think a little bit more politically right at the end there when he was having a, having a chat with Scoot. So I don't know. I, I don't think we'll get like, woe is me, light song forever. And I, I'm, if we had this conversation in another couple of episodes, then I'd be disappointed. Mm, sure. I, I do like that you, you made a good point that there you, we learned some very interesting things about maybe not how the returned work, but how this religion believes the returned work and why they came back mm. and all that stuff, which is like and we also learn about, you know, the whole petitions and that they can sacrifice themselves to heal somebody that we got a lot of information in his section. It's just that he personally didn't like yeah. develop. Yeah. 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 Oh, he needs to develop. But I think something needs to happen to trigger that. Yeah. And. It hasn't happened yet. You can't just grow because you need to grow. If only, if only. <laughs> but yeah, I like in terms of uh, the lore of how the world works, I think that his section is probably the one where we're getting the most of that, which is uh, one of the most interesting parts to me generally. So I like him. Also, he's just, you know, the, the, the sassy guy, which is also fun. If if we didn't have these two new guys who seem to be here purely for comedy, then uh, that would probably be enough to put Light Song as my favorite just by itself. <laughs> Gotta love a bit of sass. Okay, let's let's get into these chapters. We come into Siri, who is uh, waking up, like, asleep on the... Well, she spent the night on the floor and then moved to the bed eventually. And he yet nothing happened like he dude dude creepily stared at her for a really long time and then he left, apparently. (laughs) And she has some weird mixed feelings about this where she's like, 
I was horrified that he was going to do something, but now that he hasn't, why not? Am I not good enough? So, uh, yeah, that's an awkward position to be in. She also notes that someone came in while she was sleeping and, like, stoked the fire. She's like, it's hot here for a fire. Oh, right, I'm supposed to, like, burn all this shit. And then uh, she she eventually gets up. It's afternoon by that time, she says, and she opens the door, and two dozen serving women are kneeling outside the door. And she's like, holy crap, how long have they been there? Like, I thought my night was bad. Jeez. I really do wonder how long they've been there. That is so bizarre. <laughs> was pressed up against the door and it's like, is anything happening in there? Uh-huh. <laughs> Everyone gets to listen. It's just <laughs> tradition. And apparently, like yesterday, all the servants were wearing blue and silver. Today, they're wearing yellow and copper, which I feel like yellow and copper is a weird color. I don't know how, how good that would look, but or co- combination, I should say. So well, I, I think that could, that could probably work. They're both like warm colors. Yeah, it's true. I wonder who keeps track of what colors are what day. Like, uh, is there, is there a, a calendar somewhere Siri needs to get in on? Oh, there's got to be. Well, I guess I like, Siri probably doesn't need it because all the servants will just do it for her. That's true. You know, she might want to plan ahead. Like, okay, what colors am I going to be wearing tomorrow? Yeah, true. Doesn't the high priest decide? I, I like to think that he just goes to his wardrobe in the morning and goes, I know these colors today. And then the kingdom. <laughs> Everyone's copies. waiting on him to walk out. <laughs> oh, let's see. Oh. And she, she has an interesting note that, like, she, I was the daughter of a king. I didn't really lack for anything, but I only own five dresses, and that had been an extravagant or nearly extravagant number. One had been white, and the other four had been the same wan blue. Which, jeez, that's... Why well, even own five dresses at that point? Colors... There's a weird focus uh, in, in both of these societies on color, and it's an interesting, like, dichotomy where Helendrin is so colorful, and then Idris is reflexively against them being as uncolorful as possible. And you, you don't think about it that much in probably our lives. Like color's not that big a deal for what you're going to wear, but uh, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's not, not a factor. That's true. It's, it's not like, you know, you don't ignore it, but at the same time, I'm not like uh, planning around it necessarily. Yeah, true. And uh, once again, we, we find out that they're a little uh, more open down here. Uh, the dresses are more revealing than she's used to. Many of them dangerously low cut when they show her her options for the day. Which part of it is going to be this, like Calandrin is kind of in a jungle. It's in a, like a tropical climate, whereas where she's from is up in cold mountains. So that by itself will have an effect. And so she gets this two piece red outfit that after she puts it on, she discovers shows her midriff and she's kind of uncomfortable with that. But. And like Bluefinger shows up and he's like, oh, good, you're already up. And she's like, already? Jeez, it's like it's past noon. I trust your servants will see to your needs. Bye. So he, he just <laughs> strolled by to make sure that everything was running on time. He's, he's actually got just moonlighting as her alarm clock as well. Like if she, <laughs> if, she, if she wasn't awake, he would just come and just start beeping or something at her. One, one does have to wonder, yeah, like uh, <laughs> are, w- would they wake her up? Would they just let her sleep all day while a bunch of women kneel outside if that's what she wanted to do? <laughs> What are they waking her up for? Say, like, oh, good, you're up. Okay. <laughs> There's nothing for you to do. We just wanted to make sure you were up. It is weird. And that's her first thing is like, so um, what do I what, what do? I do? And I, he's like, you mean in regards to, and looks over at the bed. And she's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, her only duty is to provide an heir. Beyond that, they don't have anything for her to do. And Bluefingers is like, I must say, your arrival has certainly caused a level of disruption. 
Not not your fault, but I'm just saying. I wish we'd had more forewarning. And she's like, this was arranged over 20 years ago. But nobody thought that – oh, um, never mind. <laughs> we thought you guys were going to welch on us. <laughs> Basically. Uh, so, yeah, there's, she discovers that there's nothing for her to do. He tells her, like, oh, out in the court of the gods, you'll be able to, like, you know, do several things. Uh, you can ha- like there's all these there's all these performers just waiting around to see if their gods uh, want, want to be entertained. So we can call some of them for you. But she's not even allowed out into the court of the gods for a week because it's like the wedding jubilation for the God King is a week long party, I guess. And uh, she's not allowed to leave until that's done. <laughs> I am literally the cause of this celebration. You won't let me join it. Nope, no party for you. And then she's like, can I go horseback riding? He's like, I mean, I guess we could, once you're allowed out, we could get some horses into the court for you. And that's when she finds out she's not going to be allowed to leave the court. Even after this week, she's trapped in the court of the gods, just like uh, Light Song is. So you're not a god, but you're the wife of the god king, so it'd be far too dangerous to let you out. So a gilded cage is what she finds herself in. And, uh, and for the next week, at least, an extremely boring one is she has nothing to do. But the god king's priesthood, uh, it has priests, devout and accomplished artists from all genres, music, painting, dance, poetry, sculpture, puppetry, play performance, sand painting, or any of the lesser genres. So apparently sand painting is one of the the, the higher genres, <laughs> and so is puppetry. I, I like these priests. Like, okay, we need a priest who is like a, a good dancer and a, a priest who can do puppets. <laughs> Man, this church sounds like a circus. Right? I, mean, I, I want to know what the lesser genres are now. <laughs> is, is fireworks one of those we saw the fireworks guys are there fireworks priests also <laughs> here comes billingsley the priest mime <laughs> nobody likes that one <laughs> billingsley's a shit he's, he's, he's like never gets called on and just stands in the corner like pretending to be in a box <laughs> nobody likes billingsley fuck that guy <laughs> and so blue fingers has shit to do so he's like i'm off and she's like where am i supposed to live and he's like wherever like, whatever room you're in, just tell the, them what you want, and uh, the servants will bring you whatever. And she discovers that, yeah, the rooms are, like, completely multi-purpose. She goes back to that room, the red room that had the tub and stuff yesterday, and it's not there anymore. So, and neither is the, the stuff that was in the other, in the yellow room, or it was, I guess it was maroon and yellow or whatever. And so it's just, like, all the furnishings in the rooms are the same color as the rooms. So it's, like, so they just have sets like each room has a, a set of everything in case that room needs to be used for you can't, you can't use the maroon bath in the yellow room that would be ridiculous you got to have a different bath tub or ready to go for each room that would be ridiculous rather than just having a room dedicated to such things right uh-huh. exactly yeah yeah and it's, it's, it's just so weird to me that you, you picture like each of these rooms just has four doors that lead directly to another room no hallways, and each room is a different color, and any room can be anything that you need it to be. I feel like you're trapped inside, like, the movie Cube, or was that the name of that movie? Whatever it was. Yes, I think it was. It's just so weird for me picturing it. And uh, she asked her servants after Bluefinger's, like, I got shit to do, I'm off. Like, she's, is there any place I can't go? And they're like, no. Just shakes head. Fine. I better not end up stumbling upon the God King in the bath. Yeah, I mean, does he not live in these rooms also? I don't... She doesn't run into him. And so yeah, she says, I want breakfast at some point. And like, it just appears. Like, they, they run out, they come back. And she's in the green room now. So they come back with like, 
a plushy green chair and a table. And in less than 15 minutes, she has a hot meal. So either they can cook this stuff really fast or they have food ready at all times. Food here is a little spicy in Holandrin, but she's kind of getting used to it. And of course, none of her servants are supposed to talk. So she just is spending all day in silence with all these people, which seems to me way more awkward than if they were allowed to talk and draw attention to themselves. At least Light Song has like Scoot to have a conversation with. <laughs> they just stare at her while she eats. Like all the servants are just standing there watching, which is, geez, this is really uncomfortable. Very voyeuristic. And then we cut to Vivenna for chapter nine. Has arrived at Titalier and she thinks it's the ugliest place ever. So it's a, it's a very interesting comparison to Siri showing up in town and what how the colors and everything struck her to how Vivenna is struck by everything, which is like, oh, this is disgusting. I want to vomit. This is horrible. <laughs> I want to vomit if it didn't look like a rainbow already had. <laughs> She's like, I've got to rescue Siri. There's no way she's like, she's so inexperienced. She can't be prepared for this horrible, horrible color. <laughs> and so she's she's come relatively prepared. It says she's memorized maps. She uh, she brought with her a guy uh, like a a guy who does like scouting and hunting that she knows and can trust. And she even set up like a, a, an excuse for being gone for a long period of time. And she set up a letter to be delivered to her father when her absence started to look strange. I love the line, though the colors sickened her. She had the fortitude to withstand them. How would little Siri manage? <laughs> we also find out that uh, apparently the city is full of these statues. The famous De Denier Salabrin, commissioned by Peacegiver the Blessed to commemorate the end of the many war. And so it's just like on a bunch of corners, there's statues of warriors in various poses. So it's, it, it does give a very warlike feel to the city, I would think. I, I do like, though, that the people like to dress up the statues as an amusing pastime. <laughs> and everyone's just chill about it. Like, yep, put some clothes on them. There you go. <laughs> it makes me think, I know this is written long before The Lost Metal, but the statue of Wayne at the end of The Lost Metal, where it's like, oh, you can change the hats on it. I'm like, is this like a oh, precursor yeah. to that? It's true. So the, the, the person she's brought with her is Parlin, who's General Yarda's son. And he's been scouting, and he comes back wearing... Uh, hat that she's like that hat's stupid put that away <laughs> and he, he says he bought it because the man in the market said they were very popular a and man then, walks down the street in that hat you know he's not afraid of anything <laughs> there there's a there's a tiny note in the annotations that i won't even read like word for word but it's basically like, parlin is like a hunter he's used to trying to blend into his environment so he buys a hat that's supposed to be popular so that he can try to kind of blend in that is not the way Vivenna thinks. So she's immediately like, that's dumb. Take it off. Just picturing him in a Santa hat. <laughs> how, do, how does it describe the hat here? Hold on. It's a bright green hat flopped down on one side of his face. So it could be like a green Santa hat. Could be. From that Absolutely. description. Like a, like a, one of those wide-brimmed hats. Yeah. And so they're supposed to meet at a restaurant. They're, uh, they're going to meet Vivenna's contact, who is the head of her father's spy network here in Titalier. Uh, we find out that Titalier is a prime port, sells dyes made from the tears of Edgley, which is a local flower that I guess makes for really good dyes. So that's cool. And we have some more internal things about, you know, like Ceres here. She's got a saver and the God King would demand an heir. 
That was to have been Vivenna's duty, her sacrifice for her people. It was wrong for Siri to have to do it. So her plan, the the part about actually rescuing Siri is very vague at this point. She's like, I'm gonna have to find a way. Maybe I can fool them into thinking she's dead, so they won't like it, they won't start a war when I get her out of here. This wasn't something her father could condone, so she hadn't told him. Good plan. Fair. Easier to get forgiveness than permission. Uh, when they get to the to the restaurant, Parlin's like, "Wow." to all the color and motion that uh, they see in the area. And she's like, weren't you just here scouting? He's like, yeah. Wow. Again, <laughs> this, this guy doesn't get a lot of lines here, but I'm kind of liking him. Just, he reminds me of some, something like some, like some actor, some person who would play him, but I, like, it's on the tip of my tongue, but I can't quite think of him. Oh, wait, I'll get there. O- Owen Wilson. Wow. Yeah. No, I was go with Owen Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> no, cause he's, cause he's like the hunter. I was picturing someone just more of like, a very grumpy face and it's like he's wearing this garish outfit with just an absolute stone face beneath it's like i am blending in so like an aragorn no no it's like think more humorless Mm. just like just like like the humor comes from how humorless he is okay yeah he just strikes me as just like a bit of an oddball like it'd be totally not normal and do something fine and then he'll do something that's just like hang on a minute what are you doing (laughs) yeah i could say that yeah i can yeah, no, sorry, that was it. Even his wows, I'm just hearing this like really deadpan. It's like he he sincerely means them, but he says them in just the flattest tone of voice. He's like, <laughs> "Wow, this is this is so incredible. You sound sarcastic. I am being genuine. Can you not tell?" Oh, he sounds like a robot. <laughs> yeah, I, I I hope we get more lines from him now that include wow, because now I'm just gonna hear Owen Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yes, yeah, I'm, I've, I've never tried to cast him before, but now I'm gonna have to picture Owen Wilson. For some reason, until we come up yeah. with it. Okay. Absolutely. The the restaurant is a, a a seafood place because this is a big city right on this giant shore. They they eat a lot of seafood, a lot of fish. Makes sense. Vivenna, not a fan of fish. Uh, She'd eaten the fish. The more I think about it, sorry, go ahead. Vivenna was not going to go well here. I was out <laughs> in public. I'm sure she'd be fine in the palace where they probably give her some choice about it, but. Yeah. It's like you, you, the colors make you want to throw up. The food makes you want to throw up. This was not going to be a pleasant life for you at all. I like she had fish a few times to prepare for this, which it's probably actually difficult to get some fish, fresh fish, like up into the mountains in a society where, you know, transport's not that fast. So, oh, yeah, it wouldn't have been good. Yeah. But they made the effort to get her some fish so that she would be prepared when she had to come down here and eat fish. And she's just like, I don't like it. <laughs> Which I can't blame her for. I'm actually not a big fan of fish. Um, there's like a couple of fish that I'll eat, and uh, I like shellfish, but not like fish. Okay. And so they go into the restaurant. She's uh, got her fake name that Lemix, the spy master, knows to look for her by. And Parlin has to point out that her hair is changing color, and she's like, oh, crap. I need to pay more attention. And eventually they're sitting here, and Parlin just gets very uncomfortable. He's like, I, can I can I like go back outside, please? I'm, I'm not – I don't trust this place. I can't smell anything but bodies and spices and can't hear anything but people chattering. If you weren't familiar with the place, you need to become more familiar with it. So I want to go back outside and do some of that. And she's like, okay, well, fine, as long as you stay close. They, they spend so much time concentrating on the, the colors being, you know, muted in, in Idris and, and, or non-existent as much as possible. But, yeah, to, to go from somewhere where it's like don't stand out, don't draw attention to yourself, don't. You know, you're not going to smell offensive one way or another, whether it's perfumes or body odor or 
anything like that, you're, it's all going to be very like, sterile kind of environment. To then come to this, it would be not only overwhelming on your eyes, but all of your other senses. I do feel for the guy. Like, yeah. I said he's a bit of an oddball, sitting there crouching like he's about to hunt something. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I do feel for him because it must be just an assault on everything you know. I do like the way he approaches it, though, where he's like, if you're not familiar, you need to get familiar. So that's I want to work on, like, figuring this place out, which a yeah. lot of people a lot of people would be, like, paralyzed, not sure what to do. And he's like, no, I'm going to I'm going to get better at this. Yeah, I'll make it work. I've just I, I've got to just do a little bit at a time. I need some air. Let me out. <laughs> <laughs> and so she's trying to come up with a plan in her head and she's like, Lemmix will have ideas. He'll be able to help me. She sent him a letter saying that she was coming and she's corresponded with this guy before because, you know, she was. She's the oldest child. She helps run stuff sometimes, so she knows this guy to some extent. And this is when some dudes sit down at her table. So not Lemix. The spy is an older man in his 50s, and this guy looks more like he's 35, maybe younger than that. And so dude just says, like, I hate being a mercenary. You know why? The prejudice. Everyone else, they work, they ask for recompense, and they're respected for it. Not mercenaries. We get a bad name just doing our job. Like, how many bakers feel guilty for selling pastries to one man and then selling those same pastries to his enemies. It's a fair point, I guess. Yeah. He's given it more thought than I would have. Yeah. I guess when it's your job, you kind of have to. Yeah. I mean, yes, no, I don't have experience as a mercenary, but I've never (laughs) thought about selling things to people and then selling them to people they didn't like. It's just like, what an opening line. (laughs) Like never been this person before. It's like, that's what you lead with. And they're just like, Okay, all right, I'm getting mugged. <laughs> yeah, like somebody just sits down at your table in a restaurant and uh, starts off. It's 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 very strange. And then she barely has time to be like, who are you? When another guy sits down on her other side, large of girth, with a cud- cudgel strapped to his back and a colorful bird sitting on the end of it. <laughs> the, the first guy is Denth, and his buddy is Tonk Fa. <laughs> oh, sorry, wrong table. See ya. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, Princess, we're here to kill you. That would have been an interesting place for us to end. I, I almost considered having <laughs> trying to set it up so we ended on that, but uh, it's just so <laughs> random at this point. <laughs> and I like Vivenna's thinks, think, you've been trained in politics. You've studied hostage negotiation. Have you really? Like, is that a big <laughs> a big thing in Idris? Are people getting taken hostage? <laughs> do, they, do they have, like, workshops on it? It's like, all right, let's role play here. I'll be the host. I'll be the the hostage taker this person is the hostage and uh he this is our setting it's like this feels like a really whacked out drama club yeah right i imagine she had to study it as a preparation for now being the queen Mm. yeah it's like how do you study that how do do you get i mean you, you can read about previous cases but how do you get practical experience in that it's true also, is the king or the queen going to be the person, like, ne- negotiating for the hostages' safety? I, I guess maybe the king of Idris isn't isn't nearly as separate from the people as the god king of Halandrin, so maybe. Or can you just do it like we did it at, at uni? So we did uh, – so I did forensic science at uni, and our campus had, like, a special house built that you could go in and, and make your crime scenes and then investigate them yeah. and clean them up, and then the builders would come back in and repair everything and then start again. So it was really cool. You just do something like that. You just set up a situation and then be like, cool, I've got someone over here. We're going to negotiate. <laughs> it would work. That's super neat, actually. Hmm. 
you, you're like, we had a special building. And for some reason, I was like, a special building where you could go to take hostages? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's okay over here. Yeah, sure. Uh, but no, they, th- these two guys bust out laughing. And they're like, no, sorry, just just some mercenary humor. We kill like, oh, sometimes. Okay. Great. But we don't murder. That's assassin work. And <laughs> That's the ultimate not my job line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If, you, if we need to oh, kill no, you, kill somebody else. Yeah. Dent is like assassins. Now they get respect. Why do you think that is? They're really just mercenaries with fancier names. Institutional bias, I tell you. <laughs> just well, that was the. I don't know if it was a conversation we had or somewhere else I heard. It's like you know how important does the person that you kill has to be before they're considered assassinated and not just murdered. Right. Yeah. So like I said, like like yeah, assassins like there's a level of prestige because their targets always seem to be important people. That's why they're assassinated. Fair point. I wonder how you decide that. Hmm. Hmm. And so then it's like, oh, so you're just going to kidnap me? I'm like, no, no, no. How do you make money with kidnapping? That's a terrible idea. Every time you kidnap somebody worth a ransom, you upset a lot of people more powerful than you. And then Tong Fa's like, oh, yeah, don't make important people angry unless you're getting paid by someone who's even more powerful than that. Which really is. They've learned from experience on that one. Right. Yeah. This is very reasonable and and well thought out, but it it does seem like the kind of thing that. you might have gotten from experience here. <laughs> so, we we did that once. Now that Southern Kingdom can't go back there. <laughs> Dent is sitting here like, and that's not even taking into account like feeding and caring for the captives, exchanging notes, arranging drop-offs. Oh, geez. Nah, it's not worth it. <laughs> Terrible way to make money. And so she logics through it. She's like, okay, so they know who I am, which means either they recognize me somehow, and she's probably never left Idris. So for somebody to know her, She's like, I, these guys might have stood out in Idris. Either that or, and she puts it together. She's like, you guys work for Lemix. He's like the only one who knew I was coming. And Dent's like, yeah, you see Tonk? He said she was a clever one. Tonk's like, yeah, I guess that's why she's a princess and we're just mercenaries. Uh, apparently Lemix is very sick. And so he sent these guys instead to bring her around. And he included a note saying that you can trust these guys Dent has served me well for some measure now, and he's loyal if any mercenary can be called loyal. And it, the password or the I'm sorry, the letter is coded in such a way to confirm that it was written without duress. So she's like, oh, OK. And so Dent is like, ah, here, here's where she's thinking about it. Are we telling the truth? Are we trying to trick her? Do we make up the letter? Are we torturing the, the old man? Tong Fa's like, we could bring you his fingers as proof of our good faith. Would that help? And I like the is like mercenary humor. And Dent is like, yeah, we're not really that clever. <laughs> Otherwise, we probably would have selected a profession without such a high mortality rate. And then as my favorite bit from Tonk Fa, where he's just like, like your profession, princess. Good lifespans, usually. I've often wondered if I should get myself apprenticed to one. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if, if you can swing it, it's probably a good gig. Unless you have to marry the God King and bear his un, undead child or dead, whatever, however that works. Well, I mean, yeah, if you fool the God King into going for it. You probably got a good lifespan. It's like, well, my job is to produce an air. I've got to stay in this position till I do. That's a good point. If Tonk Fa was there, then yeah, he might, he'd be in for the long haul. <laughs> Natural 20 on persuasion. Deception. Charisma. <laughs> well, yes, deception. And she's like, okay, let's go. And Tonk Fa's like, wait, we're going to skip the meal or the rest of the meal? And Venna sees crustacean limbs floating in the soup. And she's like, yes, we're definitely not eating this crap. And so, yeah, they, they Parlin and Vivenna go with them and they find Lemix, who is very sick, like, mumbling and like to himself at this point, like not even cogent. And she's just like, oh, this guy is dying. 
she's told by the only other person present, a nurse, that he's he unlikely to last the day. And I don't remember if this is the only or if it's just one of the only times we see her. But uh, this nurse character is interesting for one reason, and that's because somebody asked Brandon at, at a signing a long time ago to tell us about a world hopper that nobody had caught yet. And he said that this nurse is actually a terrorist person. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, not really relevant at all to the book, but just random and interesting. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I don't so, know what to make of that. Right, yeah, I know. <laughs> and so Lemix is, uh, she, I think she's like, there's there's very few spies among the elderly, but uh, Lemix was always like, you know, so energetic, spry, quick-tongued old gentleman. And this was the the guy that she was depending on to help her once she got here, the crafty mentor figure that she was going to have at her side. But nope. And so she's like, dude, I need I need you to give me your knowledge. How do I contact the spy networks, the Idrian agents in the city? What are the passcodes to talk to them? And he's just like, no, no, I'm not going to say it. You can torture me all you want. I won't give you the information. And she's like, no, dude, I'm it's me, the princess. Come on. And then, like, there's a pulsing that, like, flashes out of him and across the floor, a wave of enhanced color, a ripple that made the hues of the room stand out. And then it's like, what the what is that? And then it's like, oh, it's biochromatic breath. Old Lemmix has a lot of it. A couple hundred breaths, I'd guess. And she's like, no, he's Idrian. He'd never take breath. And Dent says, he's br- he's dying. His breath is going irregular. And that's when he finally comes back to lucidity for a moment. And he's like, princess, I've done a bad thing. I have breath. Like, I inherited some from my predecessor, and I bought more, a lot more. Men with breath are respected here. I could get into parties where I normally would have been excluded. I could go to the court of the gods whenever I wanted. It extended my lifespan, made me spry. So, yeah, he's done something very bad in their religion. And he's like, oh, no, I've damned myself. I've gained notoriety through abusing the souls of others. And she's like, okay, yeah, that is horrible, but let's not talk about that. I need you to give me the names and passcodes and stuff. He's like, no, I got to get rid of this breath. Like, he's dying. He's more concerned about his eternal soul or whatever. So... He's like, I got to give this breath to somebody. And Denth is like, you know, you know what? I mean, nobody tells mercenaries anything. We're not trusted, not looked to for advice. But if someone were to ask my opinion, those breaths could be worth a lot. You sell them, you have enough money to buy your own spy network. And if he dies, the breaths die with him. And Vivenna is, of course, like, no, I'm not going to traffic in the souls of men. And Denth's like, yeah, well, whatever. Hope nobody suffers when your mission fails. Just saying. And so Vivenna's like, I'm not going to take him. But somebody else, maybe. And Dent's like, no, 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 don't look at me like that. I'm not keeping that breath for you. <laughs> that much biochroma makes a man far too important. And Tonkfa's like, oh, yeah. it'd be like hiking around the city with a bag of gold on your back. Dent says he is happy with his one breath. Doesn't draw attention since they're waiting to be sold if I need it. And she's just like, what is your contract with Lemmix call for exactly? You have to do what I say, don't you? Come here. He's like, yeah, but wait, wait, wait a second, wait, wait, wait a minute, man. <laughs> And if you give me all that breath, I could just run off. I'd be super rich. How are you going to trust an unscrupulous mercenary like that? And she's just like, I mean, if he runs off, then really it solves my problem. I don't have to worry about what to do with it. So take it. Do it. And uh, he's like, well, no, Lemmix has to actually give it away. That's how breath works. You can't just take it. And she's she. I'm still so lost on how these powers work and what they do and everything. We haven't seen, I mean, we saw Vasher do use his powers a couple of times. So I think that's really the only time we've seen it. Yeah, what I'm banking on is, um, <laughs> like, someone someone uh, gives Vivenna, like, the rundown of what the, 
how the powers work and how to use them and everything like Vin, like Kelsey did with Vin back in Final Empire. That would make sense because yeah, he Lennox that gives would... her all of his breaths here, so she's got the power now. Yeah. Somebody needs to show her how to use it. Maybe maybe Denth knows a little bit about this stuff, even though he seems very convinced that he does not want all that extra breath. And also, it's interesting that like so far we'd only heard about people trying like people want breath. Like Vasher had to really talk that guy into giving him all this breath. Vivenna gets this breath against her will. She does not want it. And the guy gives it to her and she doesn't get a choice in the matter. So that's really interesting, actually. She tries to shoot her mouth. or Sorry, she tries to close her mouth as the breath shoots towards her, but it doesn't help. And suddenly, uh, like she falls to her knees with like this weird sensation and she can feel the other people in the room. Her Her life sense has increased, just like we heard about from Vasher. And then Parlin speaks her name and she thinks about like, she can pick out every tone in every word that he spoke. She knew them instinctively. So we know she's at least at what was the second heightening that gave you perfect pitch. That's a decent number of breaths. And I then like she's like, oh, no, what have I what have I done? He didn't really do anything. And we cut back to Siri, leaving Vivenna on the floor, horrified by what's just happened. And Siri's talking to Trelides, the high priest of the God King that we met earlier. She's like, surely you can bend the rules a little bit. Make an exception for me. I don't want just let me go out into the court of the gods. And he's like, no, yeah, we're not doing that. And I like her argument. She's just like, come on, this is a Landrin, the, the land of laxness and frivolity. Surely you can see your way to making an exception. And he's like, we do not make exceptions in matters of religion, Vessel. I must assume that you are testing me in some way, for I find it hard to believe that anyone worthy of touching our god king could harbor such vulgar thoughts. Uh, this guy is just a barrel of laughs, huh? So just I, I know it sucks, Siri, but just I, I don't think I would be arguing with the priests about like the week that you have to spend in here. I understand that it's not super pleasant, but it's just a week. Just just suck it up. Yeah. At the end of the day, you've got an end date on that. And then you can at least go outside. Yeah. Oh. So. Just just be calm. You'll be okay. If it was anyone else, I'd agree, but she is the willful princess. She's the one used to breaking the rules and 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 fucking around with that sort of thing. So, of course, she's not going to accept that. She also is not known for patience, probably. So, yeah. Yeah. And so she's been – it's been several days now. Six nights, she says. So she's – honestly, the week's almost done. It's been six nights, unless their weeks are way different from ours. So just just – it's like another day. Just what, what, what are you fighting about? It's a, every night she goes in, she kneels, she takes off all her clothes and kneels there naked until she passes out from uh, how late it is. And uh, he just leaves at some point. And when she wakes up and he's gone, she moves to the bed and then afterwards burns the sheets. And uh, no one is the wiser that nothing is happening. It says she didn't own anything yet could have whatever she wanted. Exotic foods, furniture, entertainers, books, art, which yeah. It, yeah, I don't I, I can understand that you'd be bored trapped in here, but you can. She's like, I can get anything I want. So why are you complaining so much? Yeah, no, she's willful. She's young. It's just also like being told that you're married to the most powerful man in the world or whatever. And uh, then being told all the stuff you can't do and have that could be upsetting. <laughs> like she's like, it's getting late time for the nightly bathing. <laughs> Wouldn't want to be late for this wee- evening's ogling. So <laughs> just. And then uh, she meets up out with Bluefingers outside the bedchambers again. He come every night so far to escort her. At least he hasn't shown up while I was bathing again. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So they get outside the room and he's like, no, nope, just a few more minutes. Got to be right on time. And she's like, how does this guy even know what time it is? I haven't seen a clock 
or a, a, I haven't seen a sundial or a candle or a water clock. And Bluefinger seems nervous. She's like, what does this guy have to be nervous about? Like, he's not the one who has to go through this crap every night. And Bluefinger's is just like, so uh, things going OK with the God King? I mean, that's, that's, I noticed you're tired a lot. I guess that means you're uh, very active at night. That's good, right? And uh, he's like, it, it's just you, you might want to be careful, Vessel. Keep your wits about you. St- try to stay alert. And she's just like, I mean, you make it sound like I'm in danger. He's like, what Danger? No, nonsense. I mean, what, what do you have to fear? I'm just uh, I'm suggesting you remain alert. Should the God King have needs, you should fulfill. Bye now. <laughs> Peace. And then right before he leaves, he's like, you should watch yourself, child. Not all here in the palace is as it seems. And she's like, OK, well, now I got that shit to deal with. Like, I don't even know what he's talking about, but this is just complicate things more. OK. And so the the God King, who she sees, you know, he's sitting over in his corner again. His biochromatic power is so powerful that it's like she says it's like anything white gets bent into a rainbow of colors which is kind of a step beyond what we've seen with the enhancement of colors of with people with a lot of breath so far. So this guy has a lot of power. And so she's sitting here thinking like, ah, oh, geez, what's this, this crap? What blue fingers talking about this stuff is if I need something else to be confused about. And so she's just working herself up in her head to getting more and more annoyed by everything here until finally she's like, will you please just get on with it <laughs> out loud to the God King? Get on with it. You suck. <laughs> And then she's like, oh, crap, I just talked to the God King. They're going to kill me now. He could I don't call know where, that, where that came from. It's like the idea, oh, they're going to kill me now. Uh, No, from everything you've been told, it was him who was going to be the one killing you. And that's what she thinks. She's like, he could call servants to execute her, or he, he didn't even need to do that. He could bring her own dress to life and strangle her with it, which we have seen. That is the sort of thing that the uh, Awakeners can do. Yep. And so all that happens is the God King, she looks up, and he's just kind of sitting up straighter and looking at her. A little differently. He doesn't seem angry. And so she looks up and just like she raises her chin and meets his eyes. And she's like, I know this is dumb. Vivenna wouldn't have done this. She would have remained quiet and demure, kneeling every night until she her patience impressed even the God King. I wonder if that's what Vivenna would have done. I'm really curious, actually. But I, f- I, f- I think she might be on the money with that, just from everything mm-hmm. we've seen of Vivenna. Like, Vivenna has trained to like for this life and and she would have been told this is what you need to do and she would go okay then that's what i'm gonna do as long as it takes yeah i can see that she's a very much follow the rules sort of person yeah i agree i don't i don't think she would have played it differently she just stares at him like for the rest of the evening until eventually hours later he gets up around the same time as usual and leaves so he, he he gets up walks to the door taps it quietly and then the servants waiting on the other side open it for him so their servant standing on the outside of that door all night was waiting for him to come and knock. <laughs> so, and it's interesting because also that's how they told Siri that the God King, like when he's ready for you, he'll like knock on the side of his chair. So it, it, it's not even paper airplanes that he uses. He just like knocks and you have to tell from his knocking what he wants. <laughs> <laughs> One knock means come here. Three knocks means. <laughs> oh. God King Morse code. Yeah. So, Seven quick knocks and then one slow one means get up and dance. <laughs> and so she she just goes to bed and thinks the God King's wrath is decidedly less wrathful than reported. <laughs> Which is, that does seem to be the case. And we're on to chapter 12, the last one for today. Eventually, Light Song had to hear petitions. So he, he, gets, off, he gets away from it for some days because of the wedding jubilation, but you can't get away for it 
from it forever. He got most of the week off for the wedding fit. Today is it fet fete? I think it's fate. Fate. Okay. Fate. I've always read it. I've never actually heard it said out loud. I don't think. I think like we used to like when I was in primary school, and they would have like you know the school carnival or something. They would call it the school fate, and that was how it spelled. Yeah, interesting. Uh, so he'd gotten the week off for that copiously unattended by either the bride or the groom. I like that wording, copiously unattended. But now he's back. He has to do the petitions again. And what we find out is that these petitions are there's a long line of people waiting for him and they walk up and they explain to him their problem. Somebody is sick or injured or whatever, and they want him to give up his life, give up his his God, God breath or whatever. And it has the ability to heal them, which this is the one bit of the annotations that I kind of wanted to bring out here is that you guys may remember from the annotations on Elantris that there was a thing in there where the Seons, his original plan was that they would have this ability to use whatever the Aeon at their center was one time to create like something really amazing based off of whatever that Aeon was. And in, in the case of the plot that he had been writing, it was like going to heal somebody, but it would the Seon would die as a result. Didn't use that in Elantris, so he kind of brought that idea, that concept over here to where the returned can heal somebody one time, but it will kill them. Interesting. Yeah. And so there's a long line of people walking up to be like, here's the horrible thing that I'm dealing with. Uh, will you please kill yourself to help me? Yeah. And so he's been listening to these for five years, and he's like, I don't know how much longer I can take this, which I, yeah, I get it. And the the next lady to approach is carrying a child in her arms. And she's like, great one, Lord of bravery. This is my child. They say he's suffering from a terrible sickness and that he's going to die really soon. And based on like sensing this kid's breath, Light Song can tell. It's like this kid's going to be dead before the day is out, maybe before the hour is out. She's like, they say he has death fever. He was brave like you. My breath, it will be yours. The breaths of my entire family, service for 100 years, anything. Please just heal him. Yeah, I, I don't think I could take that every day. No. No wonder he keeps I'm trying to get drunk. Su- yeah, right? Yeah. I'm almost surprised that they don't, like, cap it to be like, here's your one chance, like, to, to see a god today, like, to keep them coming, like, lines and lines of people every day. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, especially since it, a- after this one, he's just like, yeah, I can't, uh, no more today. Send them all away. So... Yeah, you're not guaranteed even to see anybody when you go wait in line. No. And so, yeah, Light Song just tells her, I cannot. And she says, thank you, my lord, and then leaves crying. Oh, my gosh. It's like, I don't even want to read this part. I couldn't be living this every day. I would, pro- yeah. I, I, would, I, would, I would end up doing something just like giving up my breath just to get away from this. So what do these people do? Like, they get rejected by one of the returned. Do they then just, like, take the person and say, all right, well, that one said no. Can we try one of the others? And they just go to all the returned. It sounds like they can. Which, I mean, God, like that's got to be messed up for them as well. Like they can't, they go to every god they have and just say, "Hey, heal this, heal my son," and the gods just keep going, "Nah." Yeah. Like, like how is there not an uprising? And so it, he it says he he'd been through thousands of petitions, many worse than this one. He'd sent pregnant women to their deaths, doomed children and parents. It's yeah, and so yeah, he 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 gets away. And Laramar comes after him. He's like, what, what do they, what do they want? Do they really think that I'm going to do that? Light song, the selfish. Do they really think I'm going to give my life for them? And Laramar's like, you offer hope. Alas, 
unlikely hope, but hope is part of faith, part of the knowledge that someday one of your followers will receive a miracle. And he says the good ones are all dead. The ones who would give themselves up have already done that. The ones that are left are all selfish. A petition hasn't been granted in, what, three years? So over three years, people are coming daily to see these gods and beg for help, and not a single person gets it. I guess there is precedent that some people have gotten it in the past. So True. There's always, I mean, there's always hope that this time it might be, might be my turn. I mean, why else do people buy lottery tickets? Also true. Yep. But also, what do you have to do? Like, how bad does it have to be to be considered worthy of the God's life? Like, yeah, surely people talk outside. <laughs> Go, it's not worth it. They're not going to do it. You would think, right? But depends on the God. Laramar explains that it's not it's not really because light songs like what kind of fucked up religion is like yeah come here and try to kill your god and Laramar explains this is where we learn what this religion the iridescent tomes tones as it's called uh the, their theology behind this which light song despite having been a god for five years hasn't really paid any attention to that and so he says that what happened was when you died the, the the noble way in which you died gave you an opportunity. You saw something, because when you, after you die, you can see all things or whatever. You saw something that you wanted, you thought was important enough for you to come back and change. And the the noble way in which you died gave you that opportunity to come back and be and, and, and change. But you just can't remember what it was. And so that's what we're doing here with the dreams and the paintings, and all this crap. We're trying to get at that information. And someday, whatever that is, whatever you saw, whatever you're here to change, you'll do that. And after you've done it, you'll be ready to move on. And then you can choose somebody to give up your life for after after you've done what you're here to do. Or maybe, and he, like, Light Song's like, did I come back to save one person's life? And Larry Mar's like, yep, yeah, I mean, maybe. Or maybe what you came back for is more important than that. So I guess the idea is if he had come back to save one person's life, then when that person shows up, he'll recognize it and he'll do it because that's why he's here. The the whole theology here is really interesting to me. And I, I like once they start to explain it, then all the little pieces kind of make sense. We're like, why are they so interested in his dreams? Why is he doing this thing where he talks about these paintings and what he sees, what he thinks about them? Yeah, they, they really are looking for something. They're really looking for a memory or yeah, the answers that they're seeking, bigger problems. It and does make you feel better that it's not just all full of crap. <laughs> yeah, like we got people giving their breath every week to these gods. And uh, I I guess they're doing it because they think that whatever they're here to do is important and they need to keep them alive long enough to do it. Which is, that that is that does feel a lot better than, yeah, you're just giving them up because they're your gods and you need to do that so they can keep partying. I feel like someone probably should have explained it to the gods fairly early on, though. Maybe they did, and Lysong just hasn't been paying any attention. Maybe. Because it's not like it's not like Scoot's trying to hide this explanation. He, like, gives it to him freely. He doesn't have to, like, pry or anything to get it. So I, I feel like it's not a secret. No, but I also get that Lysong's not the only one who's living this way. It's true. And Lysong, after all of this, he's like, well, what if I don't believe in any of this? What if I don't believe the Returned are gods and that these visions are important? What if I don't believe that I had any real purpose or plan in returning? And Larimar's like, well, maybe that's what you came back to discover. And Lightstone's like, wait, wait. So you're saying on the other side, where I obviously believed in the other side, I realized that if I returned, I wouldn't believe. So I came back to discover the faith. 
And Larry Marsh like, yeah, okay, that that didn't make any sense. You're right. <laughs> and you sound it out that way. Yeah, that's probably not it. <laughs> and then he, we ch- we change tax a little bit. It's like, what do you think of the new queen? Not the person, the implications. And Larry Marsh like, or Scoot is, uh, he's like, that sounds like you're interested in politics. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I know, whatever. Light song is a hypocrite. I'll do penance for it later. And so Scoot tells him that the court of 20 years ago thought that bringing a royal daughter here was a good idea. And Light Song is thinking, yeah, but every single one of those gods who were here 20 years ago and made this decision, they're all gone now. So what do we do with this? They thought they knew how to handle it. And uh, he says, the full court assembly meets in judgment tomorrow, doesn't it? Contact Blush Weaver and see if I can share her box during the judgments. Perhaps she will distract me. You know what a headache politics gives me. Once again, you can't get headaches, your grace. He's like, could have fooled me, <laughs> which is a good line to go out on from uh, from him. I like that. And we cut back to Siri for the end of this chapter, who uh, wakes up, has not been killed yet for uh, her impertinence. And she's like, huh, OK, I've been going about things wrong here. I've let myself be pushed around by my fears and worries. She didn't usually take time to bother with fears and worries. She just did what seemed right. And so she she was beginning to feel she should have stood up to the God King days ago. And so she decides, you know what? It's time to be more like what I how I've always been. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to we're going to see what happens. I'm going to be Siri and we're going to see how that goes. So that that I like is, is a very interesting moment to end on. It's like, oh, no, what is she going to get herself into now? Yeah. Ah, OK, so predicaments. What, uh, what what's going to happen? We've got Vivena with a bunch of breath. That she doesn't really want. We've got Light Song maybe getting involved in politics, which is going to be new. And we've got Siri, who has determined that uh, she's going to Siri things up and see how that goes for her. So, what do you? Why, where do you guys think this stuff is going to go? Yeah. So, I was thinking that, and it might be too early to tell it really, but I think maybe Vivena will see Light Song before. She sees Siri. I hope she manages to get into Siri, but I don't know how she's going to do that in the short term. Although eventually Siri's going to be in the court of the gods, so maybe they'll be able to hang out there. I don't know. Um, but Vivetta's got to be able to get in there pretty soon. She's going to have all this breath now, which means she's not going to be able to really be unnoticed. I'm still interested in whether one of our returned can hold more than one breath. Or if it is, it's a donated breath and that's that's all they can physically hold or that's all they're allowed to have. Because I, I think the idea of maybe Light Song having more breath might be interesting. Maybe it can be used to help people. And whether Vivetta can do that or whether it has to go through someone else, I don't know. But I think that could be really interesting to have Vivetta and Light Song together. He kept saying that he'd been seeing uh, seeing uh, a woman as well, you know, asking the question if he'd been married before. So I think I've said before that I wonder if it's Vivenna that he's been seeing and then that'll sort of unlock his purpose, what he's got to do a little bit um, in there. Regarding the God King, I don't know. I don't know what to make of that whole situation now. Like he's not as awful as... Uh, first impressions would indicate well I mean he might be he's not as immediately awful if he is really that awful he's definitely been engaging in probably the biggest power play um, activity that you could do 
the yeah, it's just actually awful what Siri's been going through, and she's she's handling it reasonably well, considering. But yeah, I wonder if something will start to change there. Now, I just I don't know. There's there's so much so much mystery about who this guy is. We know that not all is as it seems, and he doesn't engage with anyone. We had the conversation once before, and it popped into my head again today about you know how how emotionally intelligent is he like how did he grow up how old is he yeah that's that kind of all popped into my head a little bit too I don't know I don't know I mean immediately I don't see anything bad happening to Siri I think she's she's okay for a little while but she could get um wrapped up in some pretty horrible situations if the god king does turn out to be a really really awful person Big picture, I'm not really sure where we're going to go just other than I think Vivenna's going to get into the, oh, my God, what's the place called? The, the, the Court of the Gods? Court of the Gods. I was like, the Kingdom of Gods? No, that's not what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> it's not right. The Court of the Gods. Uh, Vivenna will get in there. I think she'll meet up with Lightsong and eventually Theory will be allowed out into the Court of the Gods and it'll be easier for them to get there. But I don't know how Vivenna's going to get in there yet hopefully with a little help from her mercenary friends and band of misfits as they are. Well, there we, we got one interesting thing that might be relevant in that Lemmick said because he had all this breath that he was able to get into the Court of the Gods whenever he wanted to watch proceedings. And so now Vivenna has the breath, so maybe, yeah. maybe they're, they're putting that in to build on. What could be? You know, you don't want to stand out, and the way to stand out is being herself at the moment, so... We, um, she can use that to her advantage to to get in places, and I mean, particularly useful to have if you're a spy, even if you don't do anything with them. Yeah, be interesting to see how that goes when she gets in there. I mean, honestly, probably no one would expect an Idrian spy to have all these breaths. Just like Venom was like, no, there's no way. Yeah, true. It could be a really good disguise for a spy. Um, unsuspecting. Yeah, that's like that's it. That's um, I sorry, I didn't word it. Oh, but that's what I was saying. Like, if she's being her normal Vivenna self, then she will stand out really quickly. And if her mm-hmm. hair keeps changing colour, people are going to pick up really quickly who she is. Yeah. So she's going to have to get a lid on that <laughs> somewhere. That's a good point. If if really the royal family of uh, of Idris, of, uh, the Idris royal family, if they're the yeah. only ones who have this hair changing power, then yeah, you, people are going to figure you out real quick. That's exactly right. I do kind of love that they were they were like not prepared in the slightest for a princess to turn up. They're like, yeah, we we really thought that was not going to happen. And maybe the God King's a bit the same. It's like, oh, oh, like I really didn't pay attention in my studies. Like I, <laughs> I wasn't prepared for this. I actually don't know what to do now. So I'm just going to stand here awkwardly. And wasn't it Joe who said he was like a child? He was like a child and yeah. just didn't didn't know how to do those like he did had no sex education or something he, he had a sex ed class he's but like jamie's like saying he didn't he just didn't pay attention yeah. <laughs> put the maybe, thing in the thing he's got just it. like siri he like doesn't pay attention to lessons he wants to go ride horses maybe they'll get along <laughs> maybe all right so i think now that vivenna has some breath she needs to learn how to use it and i think we're gonna get an intersecting plot line here i think she's actually going to meet up with Vasha. I don't know what sort of confrontation that's going to be like, but I think they'll they'll probably make some sort of deal. 
like she wants to get rid of the breath, but she has to use it first. So maybe they'll make a like that like they'll make a deal. Vasha helps uh, Vivenna get into the palace so she can get Siri out. He agrees uh, in exchange for all the breath she just picked up, you know, save for whatever she needs to live, obviously, or else like some somehow like teaming up with her to get into the palace will get him closer to his goals. So I think like we'll, we'll get quite a bit of time of him training her. Uh, showing her how to use breath and then they enact this plan they get in there they find siri but by that point siri has made some headway with the god emperor so she refuses the rescue and says no i'm doing mm. i'm actually making this work for me you y'all can fuck off and vash is like well you heard her give me the breath now and then that's going to lead to some conflict between <laughs> them and vivenna maybe vivenna gets thrown in jail and siri's like no oh, fuck now i gotta deal with this so yeah, I think that's I think that's where that overall goal is getting. I don't know where Light Song fits into this, but yeah, I think that's where Vasha, Vivenna, and Siri are gonna collide. That that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, Vasha is the one person that we know who knows how to do this magic, and obviously somebody that we don't know very well. Even one of these mercenaries maybe might know something, but we don't know that. Vasha's the only person. So if someone has to teach Vivenna, that would make sense, right? Yeah, yeah. I get the feeling the mercenaries probably aren't gonna be like. They're going to be good for muscle, and like they're like they'll 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 be the humorous sidekick roles. But I and they will be useful in their way. I don't think they're idiots, but I think in terms of teaching the power, that's not their strong suit. Like I said, they won't want they don't want anything to do with the damn thing. That's true. They were they were both like, nah, we don't want that. Don't we're not taking that stuff. Yep. Interesting question that you brought up for me though, because you're like you know she'll have to give Vasher the breath except for what she needs to live which she, as far as we know she's not a return so she doesn't need one to stay alive but oh is that how that works i thought oh no that's right because when vasha killed the guy in jail he started to strangle him sorry yep. disregard i got him mixed up in my head again i still not entirely certain how these powers work so but the the question that it raised for me was do you think you can give away just part of your breath like all we've seen is somebody going like my breath to yours and they give all their breath to you they don't specify like a number so is it possible to give half maybe this was a question this was a question that i was going to raise actually because we've seen people give like vasha gave breath you know 25 breaths to a, an object to, oh, to awaken yeah that's true awaken yeah. but if you were then going you know okay i just want to get rid of the breaths that are not my own can you now distinguish what is your breath from mm. all the other ones that you've got do you yeah then have to give away because now if you say my breath to yours then uh, like because then that's that's leaving you with one less breath than you started with because everyone's got a breath right right so yeah can you can you discriminate between them i mean yours is sort of a question from a predicament theory and and maybe maybe you're not allowed to answer it but i don't think we've really covered that but if you can animate yeah, an object yeah. with a certain amount like do you know how many you've got could you go oh please give 999 breaths and leave me with my own or maybe there's a special mm, command i yeah. don't know yeah, that's a really good point, especially if if like the Idrian belief is true and like this is part of your soul, then, mm. yeah, if, if you take even one other one, do they get mixed up and you can't tell which is which anymore? Does that affect something? If yeah, that's a really good question. Hmm. Who knows? Maybe I do. Yeah. Maybe I don't. <laughs> if anyone on this recording is going to know, <laughs> it's going to be you. <laughs> true. This, this, this is a fair point. Uh, but no, I cannot. Uh, I, I could not tell if I did. So these are uh, yeah, we've got some interesting, interesting questions, interesting possibilities going forward. 
will if Vivenna and Vasher meet up, will they get along? Will will he get along with the mercenaries? Will if Siri and Lightsong meet up, will they get along? There's I, the I feel like Vasher will be standoffish and won't really get along with people, but that but will warm up over time. Vivenna will probably be the same. Mercenaries, I think Vasher will think they're idiots, <laughs> but they are going to get on great with Nightblood. He's going to be like, hey, I like these guys. Oh, probably right. I hadn't even considered that. Yeah. I, in, I in hope my they mind, get along well with Nightblood because I don't want Nightblood to be all crazy on them. <laughs> to kill them. <laughs> in in my mind, that's when the story really may start getting interesting. Is when like the because we've we've got kind of four separate strings now, and when they start crossing over each other, there's some interesting possibilities. Yeah. Editor data here, and I am inserting the small section where Joe sent his thoughts on these chapters since he couldn't make the record. So here's that bit for you. Hey everybody, uh, it's Joe here. Sorry I missed this week's episode, but I did want to get my two cents in there about uh, this week's chapters. I'm not going to be able to hear what everybody else says, so I'm just going to kind of go through it my own my own self here. So Siri awakens, she's untouched. Bluefinger informs her she can't really leave the palace or the court or anything like that. She takes breakfast. She gets taken by mercenaries. Not taken, really. She's guided by mercenaries to her contact, who turns out to be dying. He forces his breaths on her. It's interesting to me that he can force his breaths basically onto her, and she can't reject it, but you can't take somebody's breaths. It seems kind of weird to me that you could force your breaths onto somebody um, when they really don't want to take them. So we meet a couple other people, Trilides, the High Priest, Parlin, Vivenna's... I don't know what you'd call him, friend, suitor, whatever. And we go back to Light Song for a little bit. I think the thing that I was missing, honestly, from this section the most was, uh, I can't even remember his name right now, the the guy with the black sword. I don't know why his name is escaping me, but whatever. I think that's the person that I missed the most from these chapters, for sure. He's such a cool character, so far that and there's so much mystery surrounding him but anyway we've got siri kind of figuring out well maybe she has more power than she thinks she does because she feels pretty helpless uh vivenna's thrust into this role with now she's got all these breaths what's she going to do with them and so that's that's the whole summary really of what we read i guess i really did enjoy these chapters again like i said the, my favorite character in the book was the one in the prologue, and we don't get to see any of him in this section, which is kind of a bummer. But I'm interested. The more, the farther in we've gotten, the more interested I am in each of these characters. I'm very invested. I want to know what the deal is with this returned god ruler guy. I, I'm going to stick with my prediction that maybe this dude is not as learned as he should be. Although Bluefingers gave Siri a kind of a vague warning, and so maybe he's actually purposefully not consummating the marriage um, so he can claim that they need to go to war because she's not producing an heir maybe that's what it is maybe he's saying he's consummating and then really he's just holding out so that he can say like hey she didn't fulfill her end of the bargain we don't have an heir so we're gonna go to war Vivenna, I don't know what she's going to do with all these breaths. I don't know if she's going to work her way into the intrigue of court in the courts, or maybe she's going to become an awakener and start using the powers. That'd be interesting. Maybe she'll meet up with our prologue character and he'll kind of mentor her. That'd be that'd be something cool. And then Light Song, yeah, I don't know what this dude's going to do. I guess something is important about him. He's obviously having these visions of Tetelier 
being on fire and war and, and things like that. So I'm wondering if those are real premonitions or, or what the deal is. Not not completely sure on that either. But I will say this is a really interesting story. I'm really liking it so far. So I'm, I'm kind of sad I'm not getting to hear what everybody else is saying this week. But I'm excited for the next section. So I'll be back for the next episode. I'm done with my play. So I'll be there. And I hope you guys enjoy. All right, for next time, we're going to read four more chapters. That's 13, 14, 15, and 16. So for, for the folks out there following along, four more chapters for next time. We have we got a couple new patrons, actually, but Joe's not here to, to dole out uh, powers, so I'm going to save those for the next time when Joe has returned from his uh, sabbatical of acting. Acting! Talent! Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you went there. <laughs> We've also got some emails, so I guess uh, since we, uh, we're we saving time in that one area, we, I will read all three of our new emails. So let's see here. The first one is from Trevin, who says, Hello, I've recently discovered your podcast and have been listening to it at work. So far, I've only listened up to Miss Bornwell of Ascension because I haven't read Elantris and just haven't gotten around to listening to any of the others aside from Warbreaker 1. I'm very happy you decided to read Warbreaker before Stormlight. I'm, on, I'm only at the beginning of Stormlight 3. But it has easily become my favorite Cosmere series, with Warbreaker being my favorite single, even though it's the only Cosmere single I've read so far. <laughs> I hate needing to wait a whole week for the next Warbreaker episode, but I've got most of Mistborn to keep me occupied until then. Hearing everyone's wild and crazy theories makes me laugh out loud while I'm at work, especially Dax Volcano and tree theories. Keep up the good work. Oh, I forgot about the trees. That's right. I'd also forgotten about the trees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The volcanoes trump the trees, that's for sure. <laughs> well, yes, in a fight between a volcano and a tree, a volcano is probably going to win. True this, yep. yep. Yeah. Hey, Brandon, on right. the <laughs> Brand, Brandon's next book, One Tree's Noble Quest to Defeat the Volcano God. It could happen. I'd read it. I don't know how Tree goes on a quest, but I mean, Groot did it, so, you know. <laughs> uh, in the okay. end, did it. No, that's true. Yeah, yeah they, uh, they're, they're, they take a little longer to get going, but once they get going, you watch out. I have to write this down. This actually might be, might be fun as a writing exercise. <laughs> Somewhere uh, I hope Brandon's listening going, this is good stuff. Yeah, this is gold <laughs> here. Yeah, all right. Trees and volcanoes. He's, 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 he's like, hmm, not enough here for a uh, for a novel, but maybe it's a short story. <laughs> There's a Cosmere world where the trees are the people. I wonder, what, what shard would that be? He's like bringing sentient trees to life. Cultivation. Oh, yeah, okay. Nailed it. There you go. Uh, thank you, Trevin. Uh, we've got our next email is from Katie, who says, Thoughts on Warbreaker, Chapters 6 and 7. Hello again, the Sander Lynch crew. I'm really looking forward to you reading Warbreaker on the podcast. I read it for the first time recently, and if I'm honest, I had a hard time getting through this book. From what I've seen, it's fairly beloved in the Cosmere, so I'm looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on it and maybe giving it another chance with a new perspective. The biggest issue for me was the treatment of Siri, especially in Chapters 6 and 7. Everything she's forced to go through leading up to her wedding night was so hard to stomach. The, quote, virginity medical exam and forced undressing in particular really upset me. And then constantly referring to her as vessel and not queen or every any other respectful title was maddening to me. I was also listening to the audiobook, and while the narrator did an amazing job, she almost did too good a job for me conveying how humiliated and terrified Siri feels in those moments. So I'll pause to say that, yeah, I agree that it's uh, it's not the most pleasant section. <laughs> Oh, it's horrific. But it's like that. It, that's the point, though. It's not doing it for shock value. It's not doing it for um, like 
for exploitation reasons. It's like, no, we are, we want you to empathize with how horrible this is. Yeah, exactly. And it's it, it's exposing us to some some information about how these things work here. And so, yeah, yeah. it's giving you a reason to hate this it empire is. if you didn't already yeah. have one. Yeah. Right? It is very uncomfortable to read, though. I this one I haven't done anything in the audiobook yet, and I was I was going to, but um, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> not that part. Of not that part. Uh, okay, sorry. Let me see. Uh, she says there's certainly been dark parts of other Cosmere books, but something about this book just really got under my skin. Anyway, I'm curious to hear what you all have to say about chapters six and seven, which we did last time. So hopefully by the time you hear this, Katie, you've already heard that. <laughs> Do you have any tropes, plot points, etc., you dislike in fiction that would make you put a book down? Huh. That's make a question. Me, make me put a book down. I, uh. I I don't know about a like a specific trope or anything. I think uh, like for me over the last few years, I haven't read as much as what I would like to, but I'm a I'm a big believer in at least finish the book. Mm-hmm. I think you maybe don't need to go on to the rest of a series if it's not doing it for you, but I think it's it's very hard to make a decision about a book from just something. I think it's like it doesn't grab you in the first chapter or something. It doesn't grab you, and that's okay. You probably don't need to keep going, but I think if I got halfway through a book and even if I wasn't necessarily loving it, I'd probably still try and finish it, even yeah. if it took me a long time. I just think you kind of got to, like unless I was completely outraged. <laughs> about something i don't know <laughs> if it may be really mad i'd probably put it down but i guess respect the story and that maybe it's going somewhere i don't know everyone's different but i just i feel like there's almost an obligation to finish it hmm. um yeah i i try to always finish the book but there have been times i haven't finished a series like i mean the wheel of time is probably the big one because i gave up on that one because it's like they just keep repeating the same conversations over and over again. So I guess <laughs> like overly repetitiveness. But I think the inciting incident for me to stop moving forward with that one was in the fourth book. There's an incident where one of the characters, like he does, like he does, he does, he does something stupid as like from one of the stupid noble things. Like I'll do this so that like so that my my beloved does not get hurt by the thing, and so he does it. And everyone catches up with him. It's like that was incredibly stupid, and his girlfriend like like smacks him. I'm like, all right, well, you know, anger born out of worry, that's fine. But then she keeps going and keeps hitting him and hitting him and hitting him and hitting him. And to defend himself, he shoves her away. And instantly, everyone's like, oh my god, you shoved you like you shoved a woman. How dare you? I'm like, she was kicking him. What the fuck? So if if there's a big double standard incident in like that, like that's very uncomfortable for me. Yeah, the that's one of the things that people often talk about with the Wheel of Time in general is the depiction of women is very what I picked up on, especially in the first half of that series, was that all the women seem to have basically the same personality. And it was a very like kind of nagging and superior personality where they're just like men are so stupid. Oh, yeah. And all of those things you brought up, I reckon, Dak, when you were reading it. Yeah. There's there's also a really weird like I I feel like dude had a little too much fun with because of how often it happens with th- women get spanked a lot in that series and it's 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 very strange and kind of unsettling from like how often it it happens and so I'm like I I think I think uh, Jordan maybe liked that a little too much yeah. but anyway but, um, uh, 
But, uh, but like, I guess on, on a similar note, one trope I don't like is like, I hate it when you've got something like an apocalyptic story going on or it's like some very high stakes stuff going on, you know, potential world ending or like national crisis, that sort of thing. And the narrative is more focused on whatever romantic plot or love triangle or whatever's going on. Right. Like, and this is, this is a, like, I have a lot of problem with people like doing shipping and stuff like that in so in certain stories i'm just like you're so obsessed with who will end with who will end up with who but the world could end they could all die how is this more important yeah it's like i understand your romantic life is important to you character in book but maybe have some priorities yeah yeah and it's like yeah. like there's nothing problem with a with a bit of focus on a romantic story and i understand romantic stories are romance stories are popular and i'm not trying to like like to mouth off against those but it's just it's hard for me to care about you know, oh, I love both of these people. Which one should I end up with when you when everyone's going to die in ten, in half an hour? You mean like Vin and Zane when the city is about yep. to be destroyed? I I never thought she was going to end up with Zane, so that didn't bother me at all. I'm just like, That's this dude's fucking creepy. He gonna die. <laughs> and then he did. Yeah, that's like you know the movie Pearl Harbor. It's the story of of a tragic romance interrupted by a plane attack. <laughs> no, it's a it's been a while since I watched it. That's not what happened to Pearl Harbor, but you get the gist. I, I never things saw were Harbor. bombed. Yeah, things were bombed. I know that about the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I watched it once and never again. In fact, I think we picked up the DVD at like one of those, uh, like when video rent the DVD rental shops were still a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we like I think I was one of the ones like I'd heard about. It, thought oh, I should watch this because people talk about it a lot, and I got it for like a dollar, and I watched it. And as soon as it was done, I took it out of the machine and I threw that DVD in the trash where it belongs. <laughs> yeah, it, it never looked good to me, so that's why I never watched it. But. Yeah. Okay, for for Katie's question, I, I'm in Jamie's court on that where I'm like finishing a book. Like not necessarily a series, but I'll almost always – I can probably count on one hand the number of times I've started a book and not finished it. Although there's some really big names. Like I did that with the book 1984. The first yep. few chapters in, I was so bored that I was like, I can't keep going. I can't yeah, do this. If the language is like really dull and flat and boring, or it's so overly florid and poetic that you can't tell what the fuck's going on. Mm. Like there was, a, I think it was Grendel, a novel from the 80s called Grendel about the monster from Beowulf. And like, oh, I thought you just meant like the, the the epic poem Beowulf that had Grendel in there. But okay, no, I'm following you. <laughs> no, no, no. There's like a novel told from Grendel's perspective. Or or something and i read that and i was like i have no idea what the fuck happened in that book <laughs> i remember i finished it i could not tell you what happened uh, i i tried to start the because I've, I've always heard that one of the best fantasy series out there is malazan book of the fallen uh and i started the first book which is called gardens of the moon and it was just so mind-numbingly dull that i could not make it and then uh one time i, I started reading moby dick when I was, I went to South America on study abroad, and that was the book that I took with me to read. Yeah. And then it got stolen, so I've never finished that book. Because <laughs> I was just like, I, outside your control on that one. Well, yeah, mostly, but I mean, I could go get another copy. But I was just like, oh, yeah. I was just like, I was, I was reading it, but I wasn't super interested in it. And I don't think I'm interested to go out and hunt down another copy while I'm in South America for a semester. So I just won't. And then I never went back to finish it. So, <laughs> but yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if there's tropes or plot points or that I dislike that would make me put a book down. Although, I mean, there's stuff that I dislike that I'm not going to pick that book up. 
Like, I'm not going to read Fifty Shades of Grey because I know what Fifty Shades of Grey is about and I'm not interested. So, yeah, that's a fair yeah. point. It's like if, if I got into that book and I was like, what is what is this? Like, I, I don't want to read this. You know, I, I, I do enough research beforehand that I'm not going to get into that. Yeah. But anyway, um, she goes on to say, thanks again for the great podcast. Looking forward to listening to Possum Hunters on Patreon soon. Wasn't to the time of next, Katie. So, yes, Possum Hunters is out. On Patreon, if you uh, haven't uh, listened to it, if you want to. And there was a clip in last week's episode. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that. It took me I, I, I worked very hard to decide which clip to go in there because there were there were there was one that where Dak has a monologue about uh, cheese and uh, other oh, things like that. Cheese bit. That was hilarious. And I almost used that. But I think I don't remember for sure. now. I think I end up going with the, the part where you guys are singing. Oh, that fucking song. <laughs> so, yes, it's an uh, interesting We did possible. five takes, and that was the best of them. We did do a bunch of takes, and you guys were like, just pick whichever one. And so when I was editing, <laughs> I'm like, which one is the best? I think it, I think it was the last one that we did. Yep. So. But yeah, so uh, I if you're... I haven't listened to it yet. Oh, you gotta, you gotta listen to it. I gotta listen. Yeah, I gotta listen. It'll happen. So yes, if, uh, if you're interested in, in hearing Possum Hunter Adventures... Go sign up for the Patreon. Check it out. Very, very fun stuff. Last email for today from Andrew. Hi, all. Andrew from New Zealand here. Wanted to thank you for the journey. After discovering your podcast a year ago, my podcast app tells me that I've listened to over seven days of your content as I read along through all seven Mistborns. Oh, my um, God. Wow. Yeah. I, I, know, I never put it together, but yeah, like we could measure our podcast the length that we have in days, if not weeks. That's crazy. Fuck. Yeah. We've done a lot of this. Yeah. We're we're in 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 book count or story count. We are actually you know closing in on the uh, uh, finishing all of Brandon's stuff. Of course, one of the final or in in the Cosmere anyway. Of course, the one of the things that we've saved for towards the last of the Cosmere takes up more than half of uh, the written text in the Cosmere. So I was I was going to say percentage wise of the Cosmere, how far are we? Forty. Oh, I can 40? I can actually probably tell you that because I have that on my spreadsheet. One second, and I will. Uh, okay, I gotta highlight the right section to determine what we've already read and of course that i feel um, like we're not going to run out of sanderson content anytime soon yeah oh, no. no not bloody likely okay let's see. And of course it only gets wider because you know since we've been doing this two cosmere books already <clears throat> have been released or three true Oh, yeah, actually, this one doesn't take uh, – I, I don't think that my current outline takes into account Tress. So this percentage will be without Tress included. But we are it at – Does it include Lost Metal? It does. Okay. Because, yeah, we, we read that. I have to mark that off on here. Is Like I'm using the spreadsheet that I use to determine how many chapters we read each time. And right. And so I've got it outlined to see what percentage. We are at 40 – about 44% of the way through uh, the Cosmere in terms okay. of uh, text. Further than I thought. Yeah. And Tress isn't that long as far as these books go, so it probably won't change that by a whole lot. No, but by the time we get to Tress <laughs> or um, or Way of Kings, then there's going to be at least one more because at least one I more. Got, yep. I got the email about um, uh, you know, Secret Project Three. Apparently, it's like that they've most of it's ready to go or something. Yeah, they've got them all ready to package up and ship out. They're going to try yeah. to finish packaging up Secret Project 2 before they do yep. that. But it, yeah, we, uh, haven't got, we haven't got number two yet, so. It'll come out July 1st for the digital and audio people, which is, I usually read it digitally. So yeah. I'll, start, I'll start recording more Patreon content in a few weeks when uh, July 1st comes. And then um, 
Yeah, and then you know, a few months after that, we'll have number four, which, for, yeah, what was it? Three of them were Cosmere, and yep. one of them wasn't. Frugal Wizard is the non-Cosmere, so we right. know the next two are both Cosmere stuff. So two more this year in the Cosmere. Yeah, let's 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 just widen that gap again. I don't. Uh, I'm trying to. I think, in theory, at this point, next not this upcoming November, but the November 2024 is when the fifth Stormlight book will release. So I, that'll probably be the only Cosmere thing we have in 2024. Probably. Yeah. But you know that'll be another giant book. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Back to back to your email, Andrew. Uh, he he says that. All of those were rereads except for Lost Metal, which I guess he's saying he read along with us for Lost Metal, and White Sand, which he says it was his first time. Honestly, not a huge fan. <laughs> I, I get that. That's fair. Uh, I've actually saved the Elantris episodes for when I reread it in the future. I just read it, or I last read it in 2014, so it will feel like it's new all over again when I get around to reading that again. I'm okay. excited to – sorry. I'm just like skipping our episodes like on a certain book is like is one thing, but as long as you've read the book, because like right. we are not subtle with like spoilers for that book following. <laughs> no, not at all. Well, yeah, because the three of us will just rabbit on about whatever comes into our head, uh, also, which oh, yeah. is, is is fun from a stream of consciousness point of view, but it's terrible for spoilers. Like as I, well, also I think I think part of the most fun that I have is like. We, we bring in all these other things so you can you can develop theories about what we're seeing here based on stuff we saw in Elantris and restricting that. I would hate that like that sucks out a lot of the fun. Yeah, I honestly one of my fondest memories of doing the show was like we're doing seek, uh we're doing Elantris and then like we were halfway through the book and I've just gone. Hey, wait a minute. That, that bald woman in secret history. Was that the Lantrian? <laughs> that was. Yeah. And like that, there, there were that was the reason that I considered doing Elantris before Secret History was because you know to recognize what's going on here, knowing that they're Elantrians is kind of a thing. Yeah. But I thought it was it worked out really fun the way that we did it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, sorry. Andrew says I'm excited to jump into Warbreaker episodes now as they are released. This is the first time I won't be reading or rereading alongside you guys as I reread it re- relatively recently and will be reading some non-Sanderson stuff for a while. It was my first Sanderson book that I read, and I've been addicted ever since, so it's always, it will always be special to me. I hope you all enjoy it. Very much looking forward to you reading the Stormlight Archive. It has really added to my experience of rereading and reading these books. So thank you all, Andrew. That's interesting. I don't know if we've ever heard of anyone who said Warbreaker was their first. Uh, I don't know if we had any emails about it. I've heard some people say that Warbreaker was their first, and it, and it makes sense. If, I guess you talk, you talk to more people about this. Yeah, that's and true. you had more time. But it's like... If you're going to start out with not a series, you want something standalone that brings it kind of down to Warbreaker or Elantris in a lot of ways. And if you if people say Elantris is not his best work because it was his first one, then it kind of makes sense that you might go to Warbreaker. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I guess now they have Tress as well, because I've just seen. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Like Tress in bookshops um, with like the yeah. same white, white cover that all these other books have. So. Oh, and it, it has been in the fandom. It, the, there is a raging debate about uh if Tress is a good place to start or not. So uh, it's interesting seeing the opinions on that out there, because some people feel very strongly one way, and some people feel very strongly another way. So Really? It's kind of like when to read Secret History. Like, that debate continues to rage with people having very, very strong feelings on uh, one way or the other. Yep, yep. So interesting. S- similar thing with Tress. Uh, I genuinely can't can't wait for Tress. Just like that, like the volume we got, just looks so beautiful on the shelf it, there. It is so pretty. It I agree. Pretty. I haven't gotten I haven't gotten uh, Frugal Wizard yet, but I'm hoping it'll look good. Uh, with yeah. 
I haven't even, like it's still wrapped up in like the shrink wrappings. I'm just like, well, I want to, you know what? I'm just gonna keep it in that till we have to read it. Yeah, I'm thinking one of the the Mistborn box came with like Mistborn bookends, and I was thinking about setting up the sh- my shelves in or a shelf in a way that it's like once I have all four of these special project books, maybe like the bookends will just go around those four books. I think that might look cool. That'd be cool. We'll see. We will have to see as the, the next ones come out. It, Tress was very green. Frugal Wizard appears to be very blue. I'm curious what the color scheme will be for the other ones. Mm. Uh, okay, those were our emails. Thank you, everyone, who sent emails. Uh, I, I love the discussion that they prompt. If you, anyone would like to send an email, the address is thesanderlanch at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter and Patreon, as we've said, which uh, the, the Possum Hunters episode went up recently. And beyond that, I think yeah just a couple days ago the final episode in my coverage of my initial reaction for the frugal wizards handbook to surviving medieval england that went up a couple days ago so there will not be any new content for a few weeks until the next new sanderson book comes out at which point i will start doing this again did did you like frugal wizard (sighs) it's it's interesting because there's a main story and there is what you might think of as like epigraphs it's not really epigraphs but what you might think of as epigraphs right and then there's also a story being told in the drawings in the margins of the book and i found the epigraph type stuff really fun and hilarious i found the margin drawings might be my favorite part of it actually the main story itself i was not a huge fan of it was okay and i think that the end was good but other than that i was kind of like eh. okay so, uh, I mean, I've seen a lot of opinions. A lot of people actually think that this is a really great Brandon book and really love it. So, you know, obviously everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but that was that was my where I came down on it. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so, yeah, but that'll since that's a non-Cosmere, that's going to end up somewhere towards uh, the end of our reading list. If we ever make it out of the Cosmere as more and more books keep coming out. Well, so, I mean, since we'll, since we'll already have it, maybe we should make it the first non-Cosmere that we get to. That would actually make a lot of sense. I wonder, let me see. I'm not, we'll already have a copy of it, so we may as well. That's true. Who do I have right now? I'm not that worried about revealing anything about the current reading order for non-Cosmere books, because it, since they're not a, in the same universe, it doesn't make that much difference. And also, I suspect it'll change before we get there. Right now, I have a short story as our very first non-Cosmere thing, one of his more popular short stories. And then I have... Legion, which is actually like a series of three short stories that kind of makes a book, which uh, actually, yeah, that's one of my favorites. That's uh, very interesting. And then The Rhythmatist, which I love. That's why it's so early on. So, yeah, it might make sense to put uh, Frugal Wizard somewhere early in there. Cool. And uh, for people who, uh, other than the Cosmere, his most popular thing is probably the Skyward series, I would say. And uh, it's like his sci-fi Kind of, kind of young adult sci-fi series of books, and I had that uh, – since that's another like multi-book, same universe thing, I kind of have that at the end of the list to uh, bookend things with the Cosmere. But like I said, that will probably all change. But uh, yeah. yeah, I'll have to put some thought into where Frugal Wizard makes sense in here. I'm pretty sure when I first came up with this order, I put a lot of thought into kind of make, keeping things interesting, mixing things up as we go. But that was years ago now, so I don't even remember – why the order is what it is it'll probably end up changing yeah. and we've pulled some stuff out like perfect state we pulled out so it doesn't end up wherever it was going to originally anyway uh fun times okay so yeah email us check us out on patreon thanks everyone for listening everyone for interacting whether it's through emails on the discord whatever 
it's really great to see, and uh, uh, I, I love all of that. Music by Miracle of Sound. Remember, we're doing four chapters for next time, and hopefully Joe should be back. So uh, we'll hit the ground running with the next ones, which were 13, 14, 15, and 16. I can I can count. <laughs> so thanks, everybody. And wasing to the time of next. Colo? Cool.